shoes It's Jesus in the everyday me and you The Good News in Shoes This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. What good are angels that you can't see? On the next edition of Renewing Your Mind, Dr. R.C. Sproul will teach us about the ministerial role of angels during the days of Elisha and later in the life and ministry of Jesus. Join us on this station for the next Renewing Your Mind with Dr. R.C. Sproul. Heard at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Monday through Friday on WCNO. WCNO's broadcast day is underwritten by Solus Roofing Contractors Incorporated. Solus Roofing Contractors is a specialist in the repair, installation, or replacement of metal roofing, asphalt shingles, flat foam, or single-ply roofing. Solus Roofing Contractors Incorporated, licensed and insured, serving the Treasure Coast and South Florida since 1994 in commercial and residential roofing services. Located in Port St. Lucie, Solus Roofing Contractors is available at 772-336-1633. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Every time you do something, just because, there's going to be an effect to it. In biblical terms, we call that sowing and reaping. If you plant a kernel of corn in the ground, it's going to come up. If you plant wheat in the ground, it's going to grow. Isn't that right? What you sow, you're going to reap. In the rock and roll world, where everybody parties, they say what comes around goes around. In Hindu religion, they call it karma. You kick a dog, somebody's going to kick you. Hmm? But that is a law. It is a natural law. It's not a supernatural law. It's a natural law. It's called cause and effect. And it's in operation in this natural realm that we live in. Amen? Sometimes we forget the realities of cause and effect. And then when we start reaping what we've caused, we ain't real thrilled about it. And that's when we go to God crying a lot of times. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And we start blaming everybody else. We blame our wives. We blame our husbands. We blame our kids. We blame our parents the way we were raised. We blame our, and then we blame their grandparents the way they were raised. There's my daddy and my daddy before me. And then when you ain't got nobody to blame, what do you say? The devil made me do it. It was the devil. I don't know why I did that. The devil come down and made me do it. You know, the devil ain't really holding a gun to your head. You know that, right? <laughs> Listen, for most of us, it wasn't the devil that made us do it. We just did it. <laughs> we just out there doing it. Amen? Because how many of you know that the seat of passion and the seat of human desire is really what drives my actions. When I act on something, it's because there's a desire for it or there's a passion in me for that thing. And it drives my passion. Whether my desire or whether my passion is for something really good or something really bad, something really positive or something really negative, it always drives my actions. I am motivated by my passions and my desires, and the result of that is action. I'm propelled to do something because of a desire. We all understand that, don't we? If my desires are for something righteous, if they're for something pure and holy, then how many of you understand this morning my desire will pull me in a direction towards God? Isn't that right? 
And my life will be filled with good things, not bad things. My life will be filled with the river of God, the abundance of God, the life of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. And it will overflow with the righteousness of God. And I can have joy in the middle of turmoil. Isn't that a good thing? So what I start to understand is the thing that drives my life the most, the thing that propels my life the most, are my desires. Somebody say desires. Listen, some of you have been praying for some people in your family or a friend or a loved one. Can I just submit to you this morning that God hasn't forgotten about them? And the reason they haven't come into the kingdom yet is because their desires are not for the kingdom of God yet. And their passions are not for God yet. Their passions and their desires are directed towards the things of the world. So they're going after the things of the world. Listen to me very carefully this morning. Our desires and our passions develop in us through what we as individuals perceive that we need to make us happy. It's a perception issue. If I think something's going to make me happy, then my desire is for that thing that I want, that I think will make me happy. If I think it's money, then guess what? My desire and my passion is for money. Amen? In other words, my desire and my passion is really for the thing that's going to bring me the most comfort in my life. Everybody wants comfort. And we know the thing that brings comfort in our lives is really, for most people in the world, this thing that we call abundant living or satisfaction. We want to be full. We want to be satisfied. It's like when you go sit down to eat, you don't want to just eat one bite and get up and walk away and go, man, I'm not satisfied. There's nothing abundant about that meal. But how many of you know on Thanksgiving Day when we start carving up a turkey and the table is covered with all this food, you eat till you're full and you get satisfied. And there's a bounty. There's an abundance. See, most people are seeking the abundant life. They're seeking the life of satisfaction, really, that only Jesus can give them. But they've bought into a lie in the world that says they can be satisfied through something else. So therefore, their passions and their desires are for something else. They're seeking, but they're not finding. Everybody okay? Everybody's chasing something. The ultimate desire is to get into that abundant life, to get into that place of satisfaction. And until an individual understands and sees their need for Jesus, the abundant life that they seek, this life of real satisfaction, this place that they really want to get, they never find. Matter of fact, what they do find is a place that's very empty, very broken, very hurting, very wounded. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about because we were all seeking at one time, at one point in our life, and we were looking for things that we thought would satisfy us, and when we smoked it, and when we drove it, and when we lived it, it didn't really satisfy. It was a momentary thrill for a minute, but in the end, it hurt. It left us broken. We know what that's like, right? That's why you should keep on praying for them. That's why you should keep on lifting them up before Jesus. Because as long as they're searching, as long as they're seeking and you're praying, eventually their desire is going to get hooked up with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And God's going to reach down because how many know God is looking for the lost? A pastor friend of mine says, God wasn't lost. You were. People say, I found the Lord. You didn't find nobody. He found you in your mess. God's not lost. Never was lost. He's seeking the lost. And the lost are seeking an answer. That's why it's so important that you intercede and you pray. Come on, amen. Because the Holy Ghost can do something with your prayer, amen. But what we've really got to understand, and the underlying thing that I want to talk to you about this morning, is that what drives life the most, 
is the thing that I desire. What drives life the most is the thing that I desire. That's why in Mark 11, verse 24, Jesus taught, when he talked to them about faith, he said this, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Because listen, ladies and gentlemen, the focus of your life is always going to be towards what you desire. That's what you're going to focus on, the things that you want. Come on, isn't that right? In Psalms 37, David said, Delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Come on, amen. He'll give you the desires of the heart. Well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you can have whatever you desire. It means that He'll actually put those desires in your heart. He'll give you desires. And put them in your heart. When you're seeking. And there'll be desires that will lead you to a life of abundance. Just because I start saying, God, I love you. Thank you for the Mercedes. That's not how it works. Come on, that's a lie. People say, seek God. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And they're reading the sentence wrong. That's not how you read it. You say, well, I desire to be a king of my own nation. An island nation with beautiful people and lots of money and people bowing down to me. I mean, you can seek God all you want with that desire. And the only thing that's going to happen to you is nothing. No, when you seek God, He gives you desires in your heart. And then those desires that you have lead you to an action in your life so that you live abundantly. Come on, can I get a witness this morning? Because I mean, if I put my focus on anything other than God, if I put my focus on making money, how many of you know making money will drive my desires? That'll be all I'm after. Come on, isn't that right? How many people have you seen get involved in some kind of a business in a church and they're all excited about God and Jesus and the next thing you know, you don't see them at church no more because they got to work their business. They desire... My desires drive action. Is everybody all right? If I set my desire on living in a marriage but only wanted to do the stuff that I want to do and I want my wife to do everything around me and I don't want to do nothing for her, then I can be married and never have a marriage. There won't be no unity. There won't be no faith. There won't be no overcoming power. There won't be no two putting 10,000 in flight because I'm living for myself. How many men know that if you live that way in your marriage long enough, your wife won't like you? She'll be wanting to trade you in on a better model. You better love her. But how many know if I desire to have a great marriage, then having a great marriage is what begins to drive me. I am motivated by the fact that I desire to have this great marriage, so I become driven and attentive to the needs of my wife. I look out for her, I take care of her, and I put her before myself because I want to be successful in my marriage. Therefore, it drives me. My passion is for her, not for myself. If I don't care about that and I'm only wanting to serve myself, then how do you know my desires will drive me to a single life? Here's what God said. He said, you have let your desires be on something other than me. That's what he was telling them. God said, you got to desire me first. You put them on something else, you're going to be led away into slavery. You're going to be led away into bondage. Slavery and bondage ain't fun. He said, you can't have it on something other than me. He said, and because of that, I've let you go off somewhere. But just know this. I know where you're at. 
I know right where you're at. You ain't out of my sight. You ain't lost. You ain't out of my mind. I know exactly where you are. How many of you know? How many of you are glad this morning that God knows right where you are? Amen. That even when you're running from God, even when you're walking away from the call, even when you ain't living right, God knows where you are. That's good news. Amen. Come on, we need to understand that this morning. I told you last week or the week before last, a diamond is still a diamond even when it's covered with all kinds of crud. Isn't that right? Nobody else might not see you shine, but God knows what's on the inside. He knows what's there. He knows if He puts a little bit of polish on you and a little bit of soap and a little bit of water and it scrubs you up a little bit, you're going to shine like there ain't no tomorrow. Come on, how many know sometimes getting scrubbed ain't pleasant? God is able to see through the mud and He understands. He understands what kind of mess you got yourself into. He knows right where you are. He said, just give me a few minutes. Give me a few days. I'll get you straightened out. Listen, I've shared this with you before. God's got a GPS on your life. The God positioning satellite system. Come on, God's got one. He knows right where you are. It's a positioning system. It's built inside my life. It's powered by the Holy Ghost so that God can lead me through this life. And He says, take a right here, you take a right. He says, take a left here, you take a left. He guides and He directs. Amen? He keeps us in that path. Come on, we've talked about that before. Y'all remember that? God's positioning system in your life. We need the Holy Ghost to guide us through life sometimes. To tell us where to go and when to go. But how many know it's not just a system that tells you where to go. It's also a system that locates where you're at. It it tracks you. God is tracking you. You say, God is stalking me? Yes, He is. And He won't leave you alone. And I don't care if you call 911. He's going to stay on you. And I promise you this. The more people that are interceding and praying for somebody, the more God's going to track them. The more you fast, the more he's going after them. The more you stand in faith, the more. I'll tell you what. You got somebody unsaved in your life, you pray for them. Because they can't check out in a grocery store without the clerk saying something to them about Jesus. Jesus.